For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. We are one day away from the 2020 NFL Draft. Matt Verderam, you are... On the edge of your seat, Matt Verderam, what's your level of excitement right now? Because honestly, with the Chicago Bears having two picks in the second round and the, just the whole feel of, quite honestly, the last dance going on right now, my focus on the draft is not as much as it should be. But I've got a million thoughts for you today, Verderam, but I'm assuming you're on the edge of your seat. I'm excited, yeah. I mean, hell, first of all, we've had nothing sports-related to do otherwise in about, uh, what, six weeks now. And this, at least, even though it's going to be a weird format, you know, there would be in the basement, the actual draft itself will present some realm of normalcy for all of us. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm more curious, like just some of these guys, it's, it's a draft where there's so much variance in where people think they're going to get picked. That part makes me excited because it's not like it's just, OK, yeah, these are the top 20 guys and everybody else is a, is a lottery ticket. There's a lot of guys. I mean, there are some people who really believe you're going to get guys in the middle of the third round who can start day one. So I'm, I'm excited to see that play out. So, all right, biggest storyline, I think, for everybody going in here is who's taking Tua, who's yep. m- maybe moving up, do the Chargers. I, I, to me, the Chargers are the most interesting here because you're sitting at six, and if you want Tua or if you want Herbert, you make a deal with the Lions to move up to three. Uh, that that to me is the most interesting part of the early, you know, at least uh, you know when we get going here. What's uh, what's teeing up for you? Uh, look, I think it is Tua. I mean, I think if he starts to slide, that is undoubtedly going to be the story of this draft. And it happens every once in a while where a quarterback slides. Aaron Rodgers slid. Um, Brady Quinn slid. People forget that because he's terrible, but he slid. So, do you, do you think Herbert's good? Would you bet on Justin Herbert? Because I would Define good. Top 15 quarterback in three years. I think that's borderline. I, I, think, I think that he's going to be Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, um, right, know, so, maybe, maybe Kirk Cousins. So what's the upside for Tua in your mind? I think Tua could be a legit, you know, Pro Bowl type quarterback. I, I think... The problem is, and you know this, and everyone who's listening probably knows this, is the injuries. He's just had so many. I mean, people talk about the hip, but he's had two ankle surgeries. He's had he's had a hand surgery. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of medical in the background of a kid who has never played an NFL down. Like That's the thing that scares me the most by a mile with him, and I think everybody feels that way. So what, I, what I'm trying to bring up here, though, I think Tua's got a shot to be great. I think Herbert's got a shot to be average. So if I need a quarterback, it's scary to take him that high. But to me, you're taking Tua. But if you don't take Tua, you're not taking Herbert. You're going elsewhere. Like I don't. Justin Herbert should not be in the top five, top six in my mind. That's a that's a low round, uh, low end of the first round, later round pick. But that's one of the standard quarterbacks that's getting pushed up. Well, look. So I'm I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a diatribe, but feel free to cut me off. So I think the here's the crux if you're a GM, right? Like every fan, even people like us, like pundits, whatever, they're going to sit there and say, you should take Tua because he's the most talented guy. And I agree with you. I agree with you. 
But if you're the GM, if you're Chris Greer, if you're the GM of the Dolphins, and you're sitting at five, and those guys are on the board, and you're sitting there going, okay, look, we need a quarterback. Fitzpatrick's not going to be the answer long term. So if you take Tua like, or Herbert, you're staking your entire career on whoever that is that you take. And if you're wrong, you're fired. Like, so it's so hard for a GM to pull the trigger on Tua because you know, like, he could get six games into the year and just be shattered. And like, that's it. So, so I, the, the allure is like Herbert is safe because he doesn't have an injury background. He looks the part, he acts the part. And GMs fall in love with that crap because they, they view it as safe. But, you know, I, look, I agree. I think if you're going to take a quarterback not named Joe Burrow in this draft and you're going to take him high, I take two of because I think if he is healthy, he's really good. I think if Herbert's really healthy, he, he's maybe fine. Like, I don't think there's anyone in the world who thinks Justin Herbert's going to come in and going to be a top five quarterback. So, so hold on. Let me, let me just get into Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Conversation that I hear all the time, and I hear it in Chicago all the time. Mitch Trubisky sucks, and Ryan Pace is fired. In that case, it actually is warranted because you missed on two quarterbacks, one of whom could go down as a top five QB of all time. Then you deserve to be fired. But look, if I'm right. if I'm the if the Dolphins GM Chris Greer, hey, let me uh, hey Stephen Ross, Dolphins owner, look, I, I think Tua's got a chance to be great, and we need a quarterback. But the reality is, is that we don't know if, the, if anybody's going to be healthy and he's way much of a higher risk. I don't think Justin Herbert has a, um, a chance to even be, you know, top 20 quarterback in, in the league in, in three years. So I want to I think it's our best bet to roll the dice here. But I'm just going to tell you, we are we're taking a big time flyer. So and then if I'm if I'm Steve Ross, I'm like, hey, man, I get it. And if it, if it doesn't work out, then I'm not going to just base my your entire body of work on this one pick. I think that's ridiculous. But sometimes you've got to take a big swing, and that's what t- drafting two would be. It'd be an awful big swing that you're betting on he's going to stay healthy. And I think in a case with Dolphins, it makes sense. Yeah, look, I think, I think there's, there's truth in that. And, and I think you're right. Like, that's a situation where ownership's got to be on board because if ownership's not on board, then, then you're canned immediately. But I, I do think, unfortunately, in today's NFL, look, there's so much coverage. There's so much pressure. I mean, Carm, you can speak to this, man. Like, even when I was a kid in the 90s, like, quarterbacks got drafted. They were not expected to be good right away. They weren't. They were expected to come in and take their lumps for a year or two and by year three really kind of show their fruit. That is not the case now. I mean, hell, Josh Rosen was a number 10 pick over overall. Got one year, gone. He had two coordinators in that year, gone. I mean, his career is basically over. Dwayne Haskins, already they're talking about, are they going to replace him? Are they going to get rid of him? You don't have time in today's NFL, which, is, which to your point, is if you're going to take a quarterback, it's probably Tua because he's probably most likely to step in and be good right away, even with the injury history. I don't think, look, if you're the Chargers and you take Justin Herbert, are you really beating out Kansas City anytime soon with Justin Herbert? Probably not. And if the answer to that question is no, then why are you taking? If I'm the Chargers at six, you got a pretty good roster. I would just take the premier left tackle in the second round. If there's a quarterback there you really liked, and pull the trigger then. But I, I agree. Look, taking Herbert early in a class this loaded is a big mistake, in my opinion. All right, let's move on to the incredible story that is Rob Gronkowski coming yeah. back to the league to play in Tampa. So we can go back and forth with two and Herbert. And and I, I also, by the way, just want one last thought on that. And I know it's hard, but if you want to be a NFL team that's a little bit more forward thinking, maybe you allow yourself to sit with a quarterback a little bit longer and let him develop. Maybe that's maybe that's an on the on the edge move now that's just not being done and realize that, hey, some of these guys are going to take more time and it's going to be worth our while. I know it gets more painful by the day. But sometimes that's going to work out. I don't know if the, I don't think the Dolphins regret what's you know getting rid of Ryan Tannehill, 
but it would pain me a little bit watching what he's doing in Tennessee. So, any rate, but here, let's let's move on to Gronk. How shocked were you that he, A, unretired, and B, where are you putting Tampa Bay right now with when you're at, you already had weapons, and now you've got Gronk, now you've got Brady. I mean, where do the Bucks stand in the NFC? This is, this is awesome. I love it. It's very fascinating. You know what? Look, I'm not surprised he's unretired. I'm not. Uh, he's always said, every time he's been interviewed over the last year plus, well, you know, I'm not totally done. And whenever guys talk like that, you know deep down there's always some thought of them coming back. So I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm surprised he's in Tampa. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't see that coming up just until Brady signed there. Then, then it became obvious that if he came back, that he might want to go there. I think Julian Edelman is doing everything probably imaginable in his mind to get to Tampa Bay at this point in time. Well, that's not going to happen. Um, but I don't know. But, you know, in the, I'm kind of coming down on, on maybe the opposite side of what many people are. I think Tampa Bay is better, and I think they're a playoff team. I don't think that team is going to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think – I think Brady's a much bigger addition than Gronk. Gronk was fairly washed up for a couple of years running there. like, And he was very good in the playoffs the last time we saw him. That's fair. He was. Made big catches in the AFC title game and in the Super Bowl. But, like, is Rob Gronkowski at this point in time going to come out of retirement and be a dominant force for them? Like, I, I just think, you know... You, we always see this, right? Like, like you know, you're a huge NBA guy. Like, remember when the Rockets went out and got like Charles Barkley and Scottie Pippen, and everybody was like, "Oh my God!" And it's it like, "Oh wait a minute, no, Barkley's not 1993 Charles Barkley anymore, and Scottie Pippen is in his mid 30s. Like, it just wasn't going to happen." I, I think that's kind of where I am with this. Like, they'll be good. I just don't think they'll be great. So I'm optimistic that Gronk is going to have a huge year because. Well, for, for one, and, he, and listen, he's had eight zillion surgeries, three back surgeries, and so all that is trouble. But he's only 30 years old. He's not 38, right? And I do tend to want to bet on a guy who sat out a year, probably missed the game more than he thought he would, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be coming back. Gets to go to a whole new situation, playing with Tom, like, holy perfect level of motivation here right I mean there's a lot of factors plus the fact that when you throw in that I mean the Bucks, Mike Evans Chris Godwin I mean there's a it's all the focus isn't going to be on Gronk right so and plus they have other tight ends too I I, I really think this is a incredible situation he's going into here so I, I'm I'm up I, I I find Tampa Bay to be the most Fascinating team in the NFL right now, and like not even close. I guess Kansas City's in there too, but like we we know that story. The way this is going to unfold, it's 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 awesome. I think I think they're going to be a lot of fun, and I think they're going to be better. I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to win double digit games. I guess my point is the NFC is loaded. New Orleans is really good. San Francisco's very good. Seattle's really good. Philly, if it's healthy, is really good. The Packers are really good. Like you just going down the line. There are some really, really good teams. I mean, you know, they, they could be terrific and be the five seed. Like they, whereas in the AFC, it's like it's Kansas City, it's Baltimore, and then there's just a cliff. And, you know, it's, ah, well, maybe it's Buffalo, maybe it's Pittsburgh, whoever you want to throw in there. So I think I like the move if you're the Bucs. I, I see some people like, well, they have O.J. Howard. Who cares? Like, what has <laughs> O.J. Howard ever done in his life to make you not want to have a, a shot at Gronkowski? Even, even me, who feels like he's kind of washed. I'd still rather have Rob Gronkowski than O.J. Howard. Like, O.J. Howard's never done jack in his career. So I, I, I don't have any problem with that. So you're the ultimate NFL insider trivia. You watch videos every night. So I wanted to throw a curveball at you on the podcast, Gerberta Ram. Sure. Only two other Hall of Fame duos have connected for touchdown passes with multiple franchises. Gronk's going to the Hall of Fame. Brady's going to the Hall of Fame. Does Matt Verderam know the other two Hall of Fame tandems that are in the Hall of Fame? Oh, my God. I could, give you a, I could give you a clue if you'd like, because I know I'm throwing uh, this at you. I mean, my immediate thought was all worth going to the Cowboys, but he, he never had the quarterback in, in San Diego. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you the teams. One of them played for the Raiders and then the Oilers. The other was with the Giants and the 49ers. 
And this, okay, you gotta so go, I, you got to go back some years. I, the, by the, the, way. the Raider oil one, I got no doubt of it. It's uh, Steve Warren and Dave Casper. That's right. And then the, the Giants to the 49ers. Uh huh. Well, yeah, the Giants and 49ers. Right. Giants they, 49ers. they made their name with the Giants. They made their name with the Giants. Okay. Um, At least by my recollection. Is it, is it, is it, is it Tittle? Yep. So Tittle and uh, just trying to think who the receiver would have been. Um, I've never heard of him for the record. R.C. Owens? Hugh McElhenney. Oh, no yeah. He was, a great, he was a great running back. I, just, I didn't even know he played for the Giants. I knew he played for the Vikings. Okay. All right, cool. not bad. You like that for a round? I'm doing trivia for you, buddy. I do. I like that. I, I didn't know McElhenney was on the Giants. That, that's interesting. I, have, I actually have an 8 by 10 of him framed in my office. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that that that's why I brought it up. I knew that there was some Verderam connection to one of those people, and of course, there's an eight by ten Hugh McElhenney hanging in the Verderam office. That's that's amazing. He was on the Niners in the picture. Okay, all right, there we go. See, see, that's why you listen to Stack in the Box right there. Uh, all right, before we move on from Gronk, real quick here, yeah. uh, just want to bring up the Vegas on February third. Vegas had the Bucks fifty to one. To win the Super Bowl, which, by the way, Verderam, you did mention Super Bowl in the Bucks, so that was even even the fact that those words came out of your mouth is impressive. That that was not on anyone's radar. They moved up to twenty two to one on the ninth after they signed Brady, and now with Gronk, they're fourteen to one. Now that, of course, is something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto; they offer you round the clock protection. Something you probably don't know: the average oak tree branch can hold seventy pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's reflective of people wanting to put money on the bucks and, yeah. and, yeah. and all that type of stuff. But they're right now, they have the fifth-best odds in Vegas to win the Super Bowl, for the record, which uh, is pretty damn amazing if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, which we know our guy Josh Hill is. Yeah. I mean, look, hey, look, man, if you're a Bucks fan, okay, if you're one of the 27, uh, you, you should be <laughs> very excited. Uh, hey, hey, listen, if you're Tampa, the organization, this is a, a coup for you. I mean, you're selling every t- ticket. You're selling a ton of merchandise. You're going to get advertisers wanting to get into that building like crazy. You're going to have sponsorships and everything else. You're going to have the, all the all the boxes sold out. So, hey, if you're the Bucks, this is great, right? I mean, even if the team flops and they go nine and seven or something, if you're if you're the Glazer family, this is awesome. Uh, but no, hey, you know what? I think it's exciting. I think it's fun. Um, thank God they changed their uniforms because they they looked like walking alarm clocks beforehand. So. Um, I'm looking forward to it. They've got a couple games against the Saints this year. They play the Chiefs. Uh, it should be a lot of fun when they see those teams. And by the way, if you're an NFL fan who's thinking about buying tickets to the Tampa Bay Bucks, do not do that right now, in my humble opinion. Because if you're watching what's going on with Major League Baseball, not refunding their season ticket holders and just holding on to dough until 2021, I, I would be concerned about that. And it's disgusting what Major League Baseball oh, is by doing. By the way. By the way, yeah. nice job by Major League Baseball, who just couldn't handle this any worse than they had. I mean, just a disaster. Half these teams are laying off employees. Are you kidding me? I, it's unbelievable. And then on top of that, the minor league baseball, they're just using the coronavirus as an excuse to just blatantly rob any of these teams of any hope of existence. Just getting rid of all these teams because they've wanted to pare this down for years. Look, Major League, there's a reason that 50 years ago, Major League Baseball is the preeminent sport in this country, and now it's regional. There's a re- they have screwed this thing up from jumping. I know you're a big baseball fan. I'm a big baseball fan. The way that Major League Baseball has conducted itself is a disgrace. And, and cross-promotion to the DeWindy City podcast, I had Mark Cuban on there who desperately wanted to be in baseball, who would have yep. given a huge shot in the arm to – a league that could use some youth and some personality, and he was effectively blackballed because they didn't want another George Steinbrenner type, uh, as if he was bad for baseball. Right. I was going to say, Steinbrenner's probably the most famous owner in the history of baseball. And, and you know, it, look, he was a nutcase, but he was he was interesting. Yeah, like, 
Is Jerry Jones good for the NFL? Of yes, course. he is. Of course, of course yeah. he is. All right, let's go into the future here uh, as, as we zone in on the draft. Uh, last year, Matt Bergeron, there were 12 picks traded in the first round. How many trades do you think we'll have this year? I think eight of the picks will be swapped. So, you know, maybe four trades, five trades, something like that. I think, okay. um, I, you know, and the reason I, I bring it, we, we talk about it is, is we've seen a lot of commentary about, well, will there be any trades because of the way the setup is? Like, I still think teams are going to move around. It's just going to be a little more complicated. You're not going to have everybody in one spot to throw it on speakerphone, but you're still going to have the ability to have a Zoom call. Um, I still think it happens. I still think it happens. I still think teams are going to move. Um, I think more teams want to move back than move up because the draft's so deep. But yeah, I, especially as we get toward the back half of the round, yeah, I, I still think you're going to see trades. I'll say eight of the picks uh, end up being in somebody else's hands by the end of the night. I'm going to go the other way on you on this one. I, I'm highly skeptical that we'll have the same draft feel. And I do question NFL, old school NFL people to be up on top of their technology. Plus, you throw in the fact that they haven't been able to see players. So if you hadn't honed in on, you know, no one's getting, I don't think, super hyped on someone late here because they're not being able to see them. So I think we're going to have less movement. I think it's going to be relatively quiet. I, I, I'm very, I, I do think that, you know, we could see something with the Lions at three and, and maybe we could see somebody jump it up to get a quarterback late in the round. But I, I think it'll be less this year, considerably less. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I'm wondering what, like, if we'll have stories coming out after the draft about somebody who had some major snafu with their zoom or whatever the hell's going to go on, which I think would be very entertaining, but unfortunate for whoever that would happen to. Oh, I think it's going to happen. I definitely think <laughs> there's going to be a couple of situations here. I, I reached out. So in stack in the box, the written version last week, I did a column on that um, and reached out to a handful of GMs in the league. And it was basically told that each of them in their own way, like, yeah, we're still figuring out our plan. Um, you know, and, and it was, I mean, we're talking less than two weeks from the draft. Like right. we're still figuring that out. You know, one GM said to me, yeah, look, the NFL, I, you know, we expect them to be lenient because we know there's going to be issues. So I think they are, they themselves are expecting that whether it's them or somebody else, that there's going to be, you know, somebody's going to kick out an internet connection. Something's going to happen. I mean, that's just, I, I definitely think that's coming. I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen at least once or twice. This this could be great entertainment, especially when it gets later in the draft that things are moving super quick. Who you know? I mean, first round you get a little more time. But all right, let's go on to uh, top ten teams in the draft for Ram. If you're in the top ten, are you going safe? You know, it's just a solid pick. Or are you going upside a la Tua? Which way are you looking? I would go safe for the for the most part because the draft is so deep, and we kind of talked about this a little earlier, right? So if you're if you're the Chargers, are you taking a quarterback or are you saying, you know what? We know that Tristan Wirfs is a lockdown, plug-and-play left tackle for 12 years. Now, obviously, look, you never know that. But if you really feel that deep down, I would go that route. And then in the second and third round, maybe take more of those high upside guys. If I'm in the back half of the first round, if I'm, if I'm one of these you know, elite playoff teams from a year ago, it might be a little different. Then maybe I'm like, look, I'm going to take the guy that falls a little bit for whatever the reason. Like today, there's a report out to Jerry Judy, the Alabama receiver, that he's got a lingering knee issue. If that kid falls, like there was, a, for an example, there was a report that Henry Ruggs, if the Chiefs wanted to trade up for him, now I don't see any way that that's going to happen. Right? I don't think he's going to fall. But if Judy falls and the Chiefs are just like, you know, we don't care, we want take him, take him. You know, like, but if you're a top ten team, you got a lot of holes. This is a draft with so many good players. You cannot whiff that early in the draft. Yeah, so here's what I think is super interesting about whether or not we're going to have uh, going safe or upside. Like, okay, let, let's put yourself in the Chargers situation, right? And let's say you don't make a deal to go up and uh, to, with, with Detroit to, to get whatever quarterback you like. And let's say, for the record, you like Tua. And you're at six, and he's there. Do you do what the Broncos did and trade back and trade back, and then it maybe even a trade up at the last second to get him? Because do you think the Carolina, do you think the Falcons, 
even Jacksonville, who you can make a very strong argument, why wouldn't they need a quarterback? Are you really going to go all in on Gardner? Like, you could probably trade back at that point, start piling up some picks, maybe, and still get your guy. Like, that would be that would be a highly risky play, but I, I, I like the idea about it because, you know, if I, if I don't end up getting two and taking the shot on it, at least I've, at least I've gotten more picks. So I, I think that's a very interesting position. Yeah, I think it just depends on how much you like your current quarterback. Right, and the Chargers seem to like Tyrod Taylor. Now, I I think we know Tyrod Taylor is, which is an average to mediocre quarterback. But I think anytime you're that high up, there's a reason. Now, the Chargers, I think, had a good off season and everything else. But at the same point, there's a reason. There's a reason you're picking sixth. So I'm always in favor of these teams trading back. Now, if you're the Bengals, I'm not in favor of you trading back. If you just take Joe Burrow and, and go home, but right. if you are like if you're the Lions. If they don't trade back, it's malpractice. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like Jeffrey Akuda, it seems like he's going to be a fine corner, but my God, like if you could trade back the fifth or sixth pick, you're still going to get him. You're still going to get him, and you're going to get a second round pick on top. Of it. So I think it's depending on who you are. But yeah, man, I mean, I would trade back if I could if I was early on in this draft. I definitely would. There's just so much talent in the first hundred picks or so. Do you like Jerry Judy, by the way? I do like Jerry Judy. I think he's going to be very good. Okay. All right. Let's go on to uh, our biggest surprise in the first round. What do you see it as a big shocker here, Verderam? I think the Saints are going to take a quarterback in the first round. There's always a team that you don't really expect it to happen, and they do it. And I think they're going to be the team that does it. We've heard a little bit about the Packers. You and I have talked about that. The Pats, uh, they, they could. Uh, in fact, in my mock draft, I actually have them and the Saints taking the quarterback. I think I think Herbert's going to fall. I do. I think when the when the chips are on the table, I think Herbert's going to fall. I wouldn't be shocked if New England got him. But I think I think New England. Uh, it wouldn't be stunning if they took a quarterback by any means. I think New Orleans is going to do it. They have a great roster. They have a forty-one year old quarterback. And here's the other part of this that makes sense for the Saints. They are going to be in cap hell the day Drew Brees retires. Mickey Loomis has been pushing money back for a decade to try to keep their window open. They are going to have to eat an unfathomable amount of dead money here shortly. How do you stay good with that kind of cap situation? You have a really good, cheap quarterback. That's how you do it. And I think they're going to go and they're going to take that, whether it's Jordan Love, if they got a Herbert, if they got Eason, I think the Saints are going to take a quarterback. And I don't care. I know people talk about Taysom Hill. Give me a break. If the Saints are that sold on Taysom Hill, we would have seen him before he's 31 years old. I don't, I don't believe in that for two seconds. So I'm wondering, considering their lack of movement all offseason and Cam sitting there and nothing going on and Brady, of course, now in Tampa, like how bad do you want a quarterback, New England? Where are you in this whole discussion? I mean, are, are you on the phone with Detroit? Are you on the phone with anyone to move up here? Are you going to sit back there and take Justin Herbert at 23? Like to me, that is super interesting as to what New England's willing to do here, and and out of nowhere, you know, could they? Uh, it, it's they're real quiet over there, right? Picking up yeah. a fourth, picking up a fourth round pick for Gronk, which people are like, why didn't they get more? I actually thought they did good to get a fourth round pick. I mean, so what, I. Were you, so like, what, what, what were you going to get for him? So um, I, I I find I I think the Saints. I mean, the, the Saints. I think the Patriots are going to have a level of surprise here that um, that, that that is going to stun somebody at, at some point in this draft, and maybe it'll be on opening night. The other option, and Hunter's bringing this up to me, is that, uh, you know, do they do they go tank for Trevor? But I, I don't think that New England has the – that's just so against the Patriots' way, right? It, I, it, would, it would stun me. I'd be stunned. And you know what? I, I wouldn't be shocked at New England if they just roll with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham and win nine games. Like, it's just, that's who they are. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with that group, but I mean, the division, the one thing New England has going for them, that division is not good, So they as, as it hasn't been for 20 years. So they could sit there. Now, I, 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 though, I do believe, I'm with you, like, if there's a quarterback that starts dropping, if I'm New England, I'm trying to go up and get him. That that I would do. I don't know if I'd get to three, but if, they, if a quarterback gets to, like, 12, 13, I'd, I'd start making phone calls. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up with who who's a guy that you love that isn't a consensus top 10 pick? This is all you, Matt Berteram. Give me a sleeper. 
So I don't know if he's necessarily a sleeper. I'll try to give a few guys. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma to me, I'm not, I, I never profess to be the guy who sits there and like grinds college tape because I don't. Um, but did watch some of him. That kid is ridiculous, man. The athleticism on that kid is off the charts. I've never seen a linebacker run like that in my life. The guy is sideline to sideline in a flash. And I, people say, well, you know, he's not great in his run fits. Who cares? Like, you, you know, get a coach who can teach him how to be good in a run fit. He's, he's athletic enough. He's a good blitzer. He can cover in space. That kid, like, to me, if I need a linebacker outside of Isaiah Simmons, that's who I'm taking. I'm taking Kenneth Murray all day, every day. And I think, you know, you start looking down the board, like, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I, he's a smart kid. You talk to people around the league, they rave about who he is as a person and how and how intelligent he is from a football standpoint. And by the way, and this matters in the NFL, who were his coaches in college? He had two of them. He had Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley. Like, that matters in the NFL. Like that, teams are going to care that those are the two guys we learned from. Those are pro- those are guys who are pro-style coaches. So I think he's going to be really good. I wouldn't be shocked, by the way, if he went in the first round. I think he'll go in the second, but would not be stunned in the least if he goes in the back 10 picks of the first round. So, one, I'll give you a biased pick just because I had him on the uh, conversation yesterday. Cole Komet. Okay. Uh, I, I watched his tape leading up to the interview. This dude is... Very savvy as far as getting himself open uh, and also flying down the seam. He's got some good hands, man. He, he jumped from 15 catches to 43. He's probably going to be the first tight end off the board. So I'm a, I'm a buyer on Komet in the second round. And the other thing that I love about this draft, look, if you need a wide receiver, I like your position because I think Judy's going to be great. I think that uh, Ruggs has a great chance. I don't. I'm. I. I don't have anything against Justin Jefferson either. So. Um, no. So I. Th- th- there's. A, there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. That at Progressive, you can get 24/7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24/7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. To me, all look like they're going to be solid NFL players. So if, if that's your position of need, you got to feel pretty comfortable if you're sitting there somewhere, you know, past 10 on down to even the end of the first round. Well, and I'll even toss out, because we did a whole series with him, and we're going to continue, we're going to finish up the series after the draft. Denzel Mims of Baylor. Uh, and, and like I said, I mean, full disclosure, look, I, I've talked to him a bunch of times. We, we've done a draft eye around, and we have three pieces on pants sided now. Um, first of all, phenomenal kid. I mean, couldn't be a more pleasurable person to work with. He's fantastic. But go watch his tape at Bell. I mean, that kid can play. That kid, I, in fact, I had no relationship with him or his agent, actually, before uh, the Senior Bowl. And I went to the Senior Bowl, and I, I wrote a notebook for us about him. I was like, I don't even know who the hell that is. But that kid can play. He is destroying some of the corners out here. Turned out to be Mims. And then a couple weeks later, the representation reached out. And then here we are. But I think he's going to be a first-round pick. So I think he's a sleeper. But, yeah, he – like, if I'm a team that needs a receiver in the 20s, I'm, I am all in on Denzel Mims. Awesome. Love that name. And I look – I haven't read the stuff, so I'm looking forward to checking it out, Matt. Thanks for bringing that up. Let's go to uh, in or out here, team. Our last four topics, and we start with the Chargers. And will the LA Chargers take Justin Herbert at number six? Program in or out? I, I'm out, and you know we've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to go crazy. But I look, we got to put our our you know stamp on where we think we're going here a day out of the draft. I I just think Tom Telesco, who's a very good talent evaluator, is going to look at this and go, I cannot take a quarterback who I don't think is going to be a top five to ten guy in the league at number six. I can't. It's crazy. Like You just can't do that. That's, with all due respect, I'm not trying to rub this in. I know you're a Bears fan. That's what the Bears did with Trubisky. The Bears were like, well, he's not going to be terrible. And you know what? He is terrible. And you wasted the number two pick on him. I think for the Chargers, that's a really good roster. You went out and got Chris Harris. 
Okay, you went, you you re-signed Austin Eckler to a long-term deal. I think getting rid of Melvin Gordon is actually a plus in some ways because it opens up more snaps for Eckler. You, you did a lot. You got Linval Joseph. I mean, that's a team that, to me, like they're, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but they're they're solid. If Tyrod Taylor can get that team to the playoffs, go get a left tackle. You brought in Brian Bologna. You brought in Trey Turner. Go get a left tackle. Be a really good offensive line in front of Tyrod. Let him play for a year and then revisit this whole thing. There's going to be quarterbacks next year. They're not going away. I think the Chargers, and I wouldn't be shocked by the way if the Chargers in the second round went after like a Jacob Eason, a Jordan Love if he falls, somebody like that. So I'm gonna, I'm with you on this. I'm out. I, I think that people are going to come to their senses here, and two is going to get taken, either five or six or even three, um, and Herbert's going to fall. Like I would bet him, I would bet on him landing more in New England at 23 than I would at six. I, somebody's got to look in the mirror here and say, I'm, we're not going to do this. And what you said about the Bears, by the way, you gave them too much credit. They didn't think he was going to be okay. They thought Trubisky was going to be great. Um, so it, it was even worse than what you said. But, uh, yeah, I, I am out on Herbert at number six. I, th- I think he's going to be a slider here. And, uh, yeah, if I – for what – I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I take him in the first round myself, but that's just me. All right, what about the Chiefs taking a running back in the first round? Are you in or out? Okay, so I'm out, but with a caveat. I, my understanding is, from talking to some people around that whole situation, is that they're not likely to take one at 32, although it's not impossible depending on how the board falls. But if they trade back and they're picking in the late 30s or even early 40s, look for a running back to be a strong option there. They might feel like the value at that point is good enough, plus they get an extra pick, wherever it may be. Um, and again, they met with J.K. Dobbins at the Combine. Um, I don't know if they met with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if they met with DeAndre Swift. But the Chiefs have Damian Williams for one more year. They don't have anybody else there that is a plug-and-play back. They like Darwin Thompson, who was a sixth-round rookie out of Utah State last year, but I don't think that would preclude them from taking a back. They, you always hear teams say best player available, so they're going to take, and they're so full of crap most of the time. They're going to take the best player available, like three positions of need. The Chiefs really right now are to a point where pretty much they're taking the best guy on the board if it's not a quarterback. So I don't think they'll take one at 32 unless the, the board falls in such a way that it just really lends itself to that. But if they trade back out of the first and they're around 38, 40, I think a running back's a strong option there for them. It's interesting because um, I did know what you said about them trading back because I keep on hearing that, and I think it makes sense. Uh, a lot of people trade out of that 32. It's, it's a popular place to trade from. So that's one. But to me, it's – look, you're, you're drafting for defense. That's what you need. Uh, corner, linebacker. So um, I, I think running back is a way lower priority than adding on some as much impact as you can get on the defensive side of the ball. Am I missing something here? Um, you're not necessarily wrong, but you know, look, if you look at Brevich's history, they, they like to take huge swings. That's what they do. Frank Clark was a big swing. Tyron Matthew was a big swing. When they signed Sammy Watkins, people thought they lost their minds. They were like, why would you sign him for $48 million? And he's overpaid, but they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without him. I think, I think Veach will look at this and say, if we have a running back that can really, really dominate like they had when they had Kareem Hunt, don't forget what that offense looks like when they had him. They almost never punted. Like, I really think Veach will look at this and go, we will never punt the football. And defensively, they brought back every single guy that played at least half their snaps last year. So I think they'll say, well, Spagnuolo's good enough now. If they stay at 32, I think they'll go linebacker or corner, to your point. I do. But if the board falls in such a manner that corner kind of gets – besieged, the linebackers, maybe Queen and Murray are off the board, then I could see the Chiefs saying, you know what? We're just going to take the best guy. We're going to score 38 points a game. Stop us. And I, I, I don't have a, a huge argument against it. Yeah, I I, I can uh, I can just see going all in. Yeah, we don't care about defense. We, we're, we're good enough. Look at what we're throwing out there. Well, Look. keep in mind last year in the like, – the second half of the year, they were a top five defense defensively, which that's, I know that's, that's, that's crazy, a fair point. But they were, I mean, they 
the last half of the year, they, they had a stretch where for almost three full games, they didn't give up a touchdown. I mean, and in the and in the postseason, they played pretty well. I mean, twenty points against the Niners in the Super Bowl, seventeen points against the Titans for a garbage time touchdown. I mean, the Chiefs, look, they're not great. They're certainly they're better offensively than they are defensively. But they feel like with Clark, with Jones, with Tyron Matthew, they brought back Breland. Like they, they're looking at it going, you know, we can be a top 12 defense. Like we don't have to invest at that spot if we feel like the value is great on the offensive side of the ball. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, it's funny because you don't even think about the Chiefs defense really because there's all you, when I think about Kansas City, like I, I think everybody else, you right. think about Patrick Mahomes and, and, and that just the incredible uh, offense of, K, of KC. All right. right. Let's get to Alabama um, and in or out the Crimson Tide will have five players go in the first round. The big five. So let's walk through this. Jedrick Wills is a a left tackle. He is going top 12 picks. Worst case, I think, for him. So that's a no-brainer. Xavier McKinney, the safety, I think most people think he's a first-rounder. I do. I think he'll go. I think he'd be a great fit for the Pats. And then I think you have Judy and Ruggs. Now, Judy with this knee thing coming out today, that's not great. But I still think some team will take him, even if it's late in the first round. But I'm out because I don't know that they get to the fifth guy. I don't know they get to the fifth guy. I think Trayvon Diggs is the guy. Like, is, is he go off the board here? Or excuse me. So I, I, uh, I misspoke. Of course, then you have Tua. Um, right. So I'm actually in. I, I was going to say. I was like, in my head, I'm like, I thought I was in. I'm in. Because I think, I think those five guys will go. McKinney is the one that I'm not sure about. Diggs, I don't think, goes in the first. I think he'll go in the second. Um, but I, I do think I think you get two receivers, Wills, Tua, and then McKinney. So I got five guys out of Alabama going in the first round, uh, with Diggs being the the guy who is he is he gonna be in the early enough thirties, late twenties? I, I don't think so. I think he gets pushed into the second. See, I've seen a, a bunch of mocks that have Diggs going to the Chiefs at thirty two. And he might. He might. And, He's right at that pivot point. So, and that's a that's a position of need, which we just teed up for Kansas City. So, and if he goes there, then you may even have six, but that would give you a comfortable five because you would, as you just laid out, um, I mean, I, I think clearly Wills is going to be the first Bama guy off the board. It's, it could go as early as four to the Giants if they want, you know, that, that would make sense, right? Judy, um, at least he was the number one wide receiver by many people. Uh, what, what's the news on the knee, Ram? What, what came out? Well, it was just from Schefter that he has a lingering knee issue. And, and it was kind of, it was a vague uh, comment. I don't know exactly what he was alluding to. I, I, frankly, okay. I think that was the first, a lot of people had heard of this. So I, I hadn't heard it before this for the record. So I was surprised that you brought that up. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it came out that um, he had a, Get a little bit of a of a lingering knee. I'd like to. I'm trying to find it right now, just to give total clarification here. Um, well, while you do that, Rugs is going to be in the first round for sure. I, I maybe even in the top 15, and that's a uh, it's one of the Bama wide receivers. So there, that's that's it. And then Tua. So now we're at four, and we and you need one more. Um, so and. Uh, a lot of people have digs going in the first round. So I, I think the, I think they will get to five stanchers. So I'm in. So uh, for the yeah, record, so um, per uh, NFL update on Twitter, which is a, a, a big handle, um, talked about his agent, Chris Cabot, no issue here. The knee is fine. Jerry never missed a practice or a game in two years after the knee surgery. He never even needed treatment on the knee. Every team examined at the combine. No team saw anything that even required him to participate in a recheck. Again, this rumor was spread days for the draft by a team that is looking to cause a stir and hoping for Jerry to fall to him, to them, not happening. So, um, take that for what it's worth. And there was a tweet out there by Schefter, and I don't see, I don't know if he deleted it or what happened here, but I just want to be, uh, I want to be above. Where, so, I guess, okay. So it came out, yeah, it, it was. 20 hours. So I guess it was yesterday. I, my, my life's been upside down. My, my wife has been in and out of uh, some medical situation. She's fine, by the way. I want to be said. Good to hear. Okay, and- so it was originally reported by a woman named, and thank you, uh, a woman named Natalie Eganoff, who is a radio personality in Philadelphia. So um, that was where the report originally came from. 
Um, take it for what it's worth. I, I don't, I don't know, Natalie. I, I can't say anything. <laughs> you know, say I'm sure or, or no or yes or whatever. But, but the, uh, the, the proof will be in the pudding probably for most people by the time they listen to this podcast. And, and thank you, by the way, for checking out Stanking the Boxes. We, uh, we, we'll be back. Uh, we're doing a, a special after the draft pod on Monday. So uh, looking forward to that. We'll see how this whole thing shakes out. Um, last one on in or out is the Giants should take Isaiah Simmons over an offensive tackle and not protect their quarterback because they love Simmons so much. You in or out, Bertram? I, I I think they take Simmons. I, I do. So uh, in that regard, I'm in. I, I Look, to me, yes, they need an offensive tackle. But I also think the draft is really deep in tackles, and they could take one in the second round and be fine. Isaiah Simmons, if he's who we think he's going to be, is the kind of guy who builds his defense around for a decade. Like, you need that guy. And, oh, by the way, if you're the Giants, uh, well, go look at 1981 when you took a guy who you built your defense around for 10 years. It worked out okay. Now, I'm not saying Simmons is going to be Lawrence Taylor. I'm not. LT, I'm not trying, baby. Okay. Nobody is LT. Uh, but would I take him? Uh, yeah, I would take Simmons because I think he's so versatile and so talented and so athletic. He's the perfect defender in today's game. And, oh, by the way, here's a fun story about LT. My cousin played high school ball with him, uh, or with, with his son, with his son in New Jersey. Um, nice guy. And my dad, who used to work in Jersey at one time, was at a stoplight in northern New Jersey. And a man pulled up next to him in a lime green convertible with the LT uh, earring hanging out of his ear. So my dad and Lawrence are hanging out at a stoplight once way back when in the early 90s. So just, just tossing that out. Good times. Uh, the the LT old NFL films videos like that you would get if you were a subscriber to Sports Illustrated back when I was a kid. Yep, some of the greatest footage ever. Loved it. Uh, yeah. So you just sold me. By the way, I'm always best player available. Drafting for need sucks. If you think there's an actual transformative player, the way you just lined up Isaiah Simmons, and I know a lot of people uh, in addition to yourself are big fans of Simmons. So I'll be in with you on this man, on this man for the The Giants will come to their senses and uh, not just take the standard offensive lineman when you can have a transformative player who can help your defense. You just, uh, I'm willing to, I'm willing to flip on that one because before I'm like, yeah, you, 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 have invested a ton in your quarterback and you, you need, <laughs> I would want, I would want to uh, make J- Daniel Jones look as good as possible if I'm the Giants, but, but maybe. Maybe you can take a little bit of a risk here and bring in Simmons. Let's wrap it up with looking forward here. What uh, what are you most... Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before... You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Excited about sort of how we started the podcast today, Vertoram. What, what are you most excited about for uh, the opening round of your NFL draft? I guess the PC way of saying this is which teams are going to let it all hang out? Like who's <laughs> who's going to take the big cuts? Because there's always teams, and, and we talked about this earlier. I got no problem early in the draft, teams being really safe. Because it's a deep class. You don't want to screw that up. You can't screw that up. I get that. But as you start to get into the 20s or 30s and so on, which teams are going to say, you know what? We're going for broke. We're going to take, like if Jerry Judy starts to fall, which team is going to be like, I don't care. I'm t- we're taking him. Like we have him as the best receiver on our board. We don't care. We're taking a chance. Who's going to be the team that you know takes one of these, these second-tier quarterbacks? A guy like a Love or a Hertz or an Eason or even a Fromm. Like who takes those guys? Who's the team that at like fifty, when there's some guy who everybody thought was going to go in the top twenty, who's just like I, screw it, we don't care why he's falling, we're taking him. I I love the teams that do that, and I know sometimes it goes bust. It's always going to you know there's always that chance, but I love the team that doesn't play scared. And I think oftentimes those are the teams, they end up winning championships, they get better, you know, because the safe pick isn't always a safe. A lot of times the safe pick means low ceiling, high, high floor, or low ceiling. If you're a team that's a contending team right now, give me the guy. He might bust, but he also might be a superstar level player. Like we saw Seattle do that last year with DK Metcalf, falling, falling, falling. And they're like, you know, what? we don't care. Screw it. We're taking him. And it worked out. 
I mean, there was there was a, a handful of examples like that last year. Metcalf to me is the best one. AJ Brown was another one with Tennessee, same position, same school. They took him. Ah, he's falling. He might have been a top twenty-five pick. Why is he? At oh, took him. He was terrific. So I want to see the team that takes the big swing when they could go safe. But they say, you know what? We're, we feel like this kid could be a superstar for us. So here, my most exciting thing here is, A, seeing Roger Goodell's basement and what the hell that's going to look like. And I got to give a tip of the cap to Bud Light. Have you seen what Bud Light's doing? Uh, I have not. So they are, Bud Light is offering football fans the opportunity to record themselves booing the commissioner while enjoying a can of Bud Light. So you can be drinking your Bud Light and you use the hashtag boo the commish. So somehow, because that's the most fun part when Goodell walks on the, on the stage, right? And he gets the solid boos. I love it. So this is awesome. Like boo the commish, <laughs> be a Bud Light. I, I, I haven't had a Bud Light in forever. I think the beer is absolutely awful, but I might go get a Bud Light for tomorrow night. I'll just say this because I like my job. First of all, I'm on board. I think it's funny. B, I can imagine what that demographic's going to be. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Bud Light, boo the commiss. That's brilliant marketing. Congratulations, Bud Light. It is. It yeah. is. That's great. All right, we're back on Monday, and uh, we will shake down, dissect, have some fun looking at everything that went on over the weekend. Matt Burrow, great to be with you, and good to hear that your wife's uh, doing all right here. So do your part as a great husband to support. I know you will. I'm going to run upstairs right after this. Poor woman had an emergency appendectomy. She's doing well. She's doing fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to help her corral our two-and-a-half-year-old who is running around screaming. I can actually hear her <laughs> from my basement. Thanks for listening to Stack in the Box. We appreciate it. Like, uh, subscribe, tell a friend, and we will see you after the draft on Monday. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. Huh? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto. And my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.